remain standing, please take your Bibles this evening. Turn with me to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and uh, the title of my message tonight is this, I preach about it a lot, but uh, I think it's something we need to be reminded about, the importance of Scripture, the importance of Scripture. Uh, well, we'd be in a fix tonight if we didn't have the Word of God. And I just thank the Lord for it. We, we put a, uh, an emphasis upon the Word of God, and I think that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, we don't meet here just to play games. We come here to hear the Word of God. Thank the Lord for fellowship, but thank the Lord for the Word of God. In fact, the Word of God tells us about fellowship, so uh, it's got all the answers for us. Second Timothy chapter 3, let's go down to verse number 13, and we'll read to the end of the chapter there through verse number 17. I'll read verse 13, you can join me on verse 14, and so on through the end here. But content, I'm sorry, verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. What a blessing that is, from a child alone the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect throughly, not thoroughly, throughly furnished unto all good works." And let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, thank you again for the word of God. Help us now as we listen. Help me as I preach. Thank you for giving my voice some strength this evening. And Lord, I just pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would give thy thy power. I thank you for bodily power we may have. But, Father, we need spiritual power tonight, too. And so, Father, speak to our hearts. Save the one that may be here without you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We read here that uh, in verse 13, uh, we're talked about that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We see that happening all the time around us. I, uh, I, I think about how the world is, is, is just changing so fast. And uh, I, I remember growing up and, uh, you know, when people were warning us. I remember my preacher warning us about communism. And uh, we, you know, a lot of people say, well, uh, that's not going to happen, you know, socialism. And, co-. and yet we live in a time when socialism is, is an accepted thing amongst Americans. I don't understand that. And uh, I think how foolish people are to think that that's all right. But that's just part of this old world and how it's changing. And, uh, 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 and, 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 and the problem is that something has changed. And and, and sometimes people say, well, maybe it's politics. Well, politics have changed, but I don't think that's the problem. You say, preacher, what do you think the problem is? I believe this, that we've changed the, what the Bible calls landmarks. And I've preached about landmarks before. And the Bible says we're not to remove the ancient landmarks. It says in Proverbs 22, verse 28, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. And a landmark is something that is very, very important, and, and, and it defines a boundary and a point from where all other uh, uh, points can be measured. 
And uh, it's very important to have those boundaries. You know, when, if you own a piece of ground, it's a good thing to know where your boundary is. But a lot of times we don't know where it's at. It's just by, well, the guy before me told it was here. And somebody else told me it was here. The neighbor says it's over here. And many times it's uh, disputed on where that boundary is. And, but the fact of the matter is a landmark is to be something that is stationary, something that is not to be moved. And uh, it is set and supposed to stay that way. And uh, I, I, I think, you know, the landmarks spiritually have been moved. Uh, uh, in, in, I think we'd have to say probably in most of us in our lifetime, we have seen the landmarks, spiritual landmarks have moved. Uh, there used to be a time when most people went to church somewhere. And now we live in a time when a lot of church folks don't go to church anymore. Uh, there was a time when people had some decency. And now decency has gone out the window. And I, I think what, what has happened, I believe the ancient landmarks have, have been uh, uh, removed. And when that happens, then we begin to drift. Uh, I was talking with a man not long ago and just had his property uh, uh, surveyed. And uh, he always thought that his property line was a certain spot there. And then right next to it was some farmland. And he had the idea that was his property. But he had, it, he had his property uh, surveyed. The surveyor came and he worked and worked and of course when you, you know, it seems like an easy thing but there's a lot of work involved in a survey and they have to, they have to survey even properties around that and, and the man surveyed it and then when he got done with it all he told this fella, he said, hey, you own 15 more feet beyond where your, your yard goes. Now 15 feet may not seem like a lot but he paid money for those 15 feet and they're, they're his. What happened years ago, somebody moved a landmark. Somebody pulled a, a pipe up or a stick up out of the ground and moved it. And now this other man has had this, these 15 feet, and it goes way back acres, and of all this extra property. Now, I'm not whining about it, crying about it, and he's not either. But the thing is that the landmark moved. And, and it's not what he thought it was. And I, I'm afraid that tonight the landmarks have been moved spiritually. And you say, what's the big deal? That's not where they're supposed to be. They're not to be moved farther left, and they're not to be moved uh, farther away from the Lord, but really are supposed to be where God set them. Landmarks are those truths that God has given us, and he gives us those truths in the word of God. Many denominations have removed their landmarks. Many, not only uh, uh, denominations, but churches have moved their landmarks. Where churches at one time preached the gospel, one time sang songs out of the hymnal, one time used a King James Bible. And, and things have changed. What's happened? They've moved the landmark. And now to them it seems okay. And, it, and of course it is not. Many universities, you think about in America, universities now that are very communistic and with the woke society and everything else, do you know that many of those were founded on the right uh, landmarks? They were founded upon the Word of God. They were founded by preachers that preached the Word of God. They may have not been the denomination of Baptists, but they still believed the Bible. And now what is it? It's a cesspool of iniquity. And I'm thinking, what has happened? I'll tell you what's happened. They've moved the landmarks. 
Many universities, even Bible colleges, sad to say. Bible colleges one day that stood firm. I could think of one right now down south. And, and, and I remember, in fact, it was one that I thought about going to someday. And uh, uh, I, went, I was wanting to be an accountant when I was growing up. And I thought, I'm going to go to the same school my uncle went to. And I thought I'd go down there. They changed. They've moved the landmark. Used to be a place where the news would write about how strict they were and thought how terrible it was. And now they've lost their standards, lost their strictness on the word of God. And I'll tell you what, the landmark has been moved. And what happens is they drift far from the the founders' intentions. So a lot of universities, churches, and things have drifted away. That's one thing about being in a church for 40 years. We can keep an eye on the, on the landmark. Amen. I want to make sure we stick with it. That's why in my office I have uh, the first sermon I ever preached in Heritage Baptist Church, 1983. And uh, I have that there. I have the whole, I think it's almost the whole year or six months of it. I keep it up there. I have all the other sermons too. But I keep those in my office because I want to make sure the landmark does not change. And uh, as, as long as I have breath to breathe, so you keep, I keep breathing. You keep praying, I keep breathing. And, and I tell you what, we'll just keep these landmarks where they're at. Amen. But I think about in the word of God, I find that uh, uh, the landmarks have been moved. And we're seeing a generation today that is growing up and has no idea where the landmark is. I mean, there's been so much movement around. They don't know what is right and what is true. And, 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 and I begin to think about in the Bible It didn't take long for someone to try to move the landmarks. In my Bible, in the book of Genesis, we all know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. It wasn't a big explosion. It was not evolution. But God created everything. And there's a a couple words there that is said over and over again in the book of Genesis. And it is this. And God said. You know, it's amazing how God, as powerful as he is, how he can just say something and it happens. And he said it was good, and God spoke everything into, into existence. And I, and I think about how that, 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 that uh, 11 times in the first two chapters of Genesis, it t- talks about God said. And you know, let me tell you this. Whenever God says something, we better pay attention to it. And when God said, and here's the wonderful thing about it. God said something and had it written in a book. So we can look at it tonight, and we can know this is what God said. And so I, I look in, in, in there, and, and we find that when God said something, that it happened, and it stood fast. I think about how that God put the stars in the sky, and the sun, and the moon, and, and God said, it is good. When God said, do it, that's what happened, and it stood fast all these years. You know, these people today, they're thinking our planet's going to be destroyed. Well, it will someday, but not because of too many cows. I look at it this way. Can't be too many because I love hamburgers, amen. And uh, they're saying now we can't. We got too many cows, and what we need to do is feed our dogs food made out of insects. And uh, you know because they they have a carbon footprint. I mean, I don't know about you, but every dog I ever had had a muddy footprint. But they're saying they have their carbon footprints, and now we've got our carbon footprint. And they say we got to save the world. What needs saving is the souls of the people that are in the world. And so I, I, I think about, you know, that God said and, and what God said, it stood. But then we find in Genesis chapter number 3, we find the first mention of someone questioning what God said. Well, it didn't take long, did it? God spoke and God spoke. And we find in the first two chapters there, God spoke. And then in chapter number 3, we find that God spoke, God had spoken, but 
something happened. If you keep your place there in 2 Timothy, go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter number 3. I'll help you find it. It's the first book of the Bible, all righty. Genesis chapter 3, only three chapters in, and go to verse number 1, the first verse in that chapter number 3. Now, again, this is truth, isn't it? This is truth, Genesis chapter 3. This is not a made-up story. This is not once upon a time. All right, look what it says. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, here it is, yea, hath God said. You see what he's doing? He's questioning what God has said. It's a dangerous thing to question what God said. He said, Hath God said, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Uh, you, know, you know what Satan was doing there? He, he was saying, God doesn't mean that. I don't know if he's trying to say, you know, God changed his mind. You know, God never changed his mind. That's why we don't need a new Bible. We just need to listen to the Bible that we have and read it and study it. And I, I think you know what's happened here. Here was, here, was, here was Satan came along and began to question uh, the word of God, began to question what God said. Now understand this. Heavy, heavy hangs over a preacher or a university teacher or uh, what's, what's the word for a university uh, professor. Heavy, heavy hang over them when they begin to question God. Heavy, heavy hang over that biology teacher in the public school system who tells those little boys and girls that, that the earth is billions and millions of years old and, and, and how there was a big explosion and that's how everything came. Heavy, heavy hang over that. You know what they're doing? They're, they're doing the same thing that Satan did in the Word of God. And he said, preacher, you need to be nicer. I think they need to be nice and tell the truth. And so the landmarks of Scripture have been moved. And Adam and Eve, they were there in the Garden of Eden. And boy, I'll tell you what, it didn't work out so good by them listening to what Satan said when he questioned the Word of God. Now, our Bible this evening is the foundation, not just this evening, but always is, the foundation upon which our faith stands. How important our faith is, isn't it? I have to have faith in something. And I, in my Sunday school class, was talking about the faith that, we, that God gives us and all that we have because of our faith in Him. But my faith comes from the Word of God. Some people, they say, well, you know what, preacher? My faith is in the Word of God, too, but in the originals. Now, let me make this clear. Nobody has the originals. There ain't nobody living today that ever saw the originals. And, and they say, well, just in the originals. Well, if it's just truth is in the originals, you can say just about anything you want to. Because we don't have the originals. He said, oh, but preacher, then we must be in a fix. No, you know what? God has made sure we have the word of God, and I believe it's found in this King James Bible. Some say, well, you know what we need to do is not worry about that. Just listen to certain men and what they believe. And I thank God. I know, some, I know some great men. I thank the Lord for some great men of God. But I'll tell you this. I'm not listening to what they say. I'm listening to what God says. Hath God said? Satan said. And man says, well, you know, I know that people say God said this, but this is my feeling about it. I don't care what your feeling is. It matters what the Word of God says. The importance of the Scripture. 
I'm talking about listening and believing the Bible that we hold in our hands this evening. That old King James Bible. Thank the Lord for this blessed book. Some things we need to understand about from 2 Timothy. And one of those things is found in verse number, uh, uh, verse number 16, 15 and 16. I, I'll, I just go up to verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. I, uh, I believe Timothy was really grateful for his heritage. I think Timothy was like this. I know, where the, I know where the landmark is, and I'm not moving it. And he was encouraged by the Apostle Paul. But I think how important it is for our children to be under the Word of God. I'm glad for kids that are in here tonight. And I know some of them are kind of young, but I believe this. I believe this. It's kind of like this. If they could sit in school and understand, they could sit in church and understand too. They don't understand everything. I remember sitting in church and the preacher said, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right away I'm thinking, why don't the preacher want the Lord? I didn't get it, but I tell you what, I got a bunch of other stuff. I know sometimes I went home and think, you know what I remembered? My preacher hates sin. My preacher hates the devil. My preacher loves Jesus. I'll tell you what, that's a good thing to get. And here we find about Timothy that he's known the scriptures from a child. And, they, and I thought, you know how important it is that, that we, 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 we ingrain in our children the word of God. And we know that, that, that that's, what, that's what the Bible said in verse 15. But notice verse 16 it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for, the, for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So the word of God is, is, is number one, I guess we'd say in my one little part here, no, first thing is this, that the word of God is inspired. It is not backed by the government of the United States. It's inspired by God Almighty. God said it, I believe it, and whether I believe it or not, it's still true because God said it. Thank the Lord that it's inspired. I'm glad I have an inspired book. I'm glad I know and when I say inspired, I mean God breathed. You say, well, you know, man wrote those words down. Yes. You say, well, what if man made a mistake? You mean to tell me that God could put a, 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 this earth here and put a sun so many miles so we don't burn up? If it was any closer, we would burn up. Any further, we would freeze. Do you think if God could speak and the world could become in existence and we're not being crushed by all these other planets, if God could do that, do you think maybe God could make a man write the words down right? I believe so. I believe so. The word of God is inspired, given by inspiration. Number two, the word of God is profitable. We read there in verse 16. Well, I'm thankful for a prophet. I'm not talking about someone tells the future, but the prophet, how valuable the word of God is. It profits us. You say, well, how, how does it profit us? Hey, are you saved tonight? Man, that's a prophet there, isn't it? Be able to know that I learn. You say, well, why is that so important? Because faith cometh by hearing, you see. But since the word of God is inspired, it's profitable. What's it profitable for? For doctrine. You say, preacher, doctrine doesn't matter. Oh, yes, it does. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For instruction in righteousness, you know, people say, well, we just look to the Congress and let them decide. And man, you don't, don't listen to what Congress has to say. You listen to what the Word of God has to say. I'm thankful for the Constitution, but I got something more important than the Constitution tonight. It's called the Word of God. 
And I'm glad tonight that I have God's word. I know it's inspired, and I know that it's profitable, and I know the word of God is for perfecting. Look at verse 17. For that the man of God may be perfect. It's perfecting, perfecting us. God's word perfects us. It makes us more what we ought to be, more mature as a Christian. It's perfecting. And it thoroughly, you know, I always read that as, 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 as uh, uh, thoroughly, but it doesn't say thorough. It's throughly. You know, there's what? Man, all the way through us. Isn't that great? I'm glad it's not just on the outside. It's something that, that, that goes deep inside of us, the word of God. And so it's for perfecting. I think the Bible's the foundation of our faith and for the practice of our faith. I have to say this tonight once again. The Bible is our final authority. It's the final authority. You say, well, preacher, I believe. Don't care. Believe what God's word says. You know, people say, well, I just believe this. You know, I don't believe there's a hell. You know what? Everybody that didn't believe in hell, believe in hell that's there now. Yeah. You know, a non-believer is going to find out hell was real. And uh, thank the Lord, I know this. I know heaven's real. I haven't been there yet, but I know I'm going someday. And hallelujah, he's coming soon. If the Bible errs, then all we know and believe becomes unsure. The Bible says in Psalms 11, verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? There's implied an answer there. You know what the answer is to that? Nothing. What can the righteous do? Nothing. If... If the foundations be destroyed. Thank God we hold in our hands the foundations. And thank God. I mean you, you're stopping to think about history. How long they tried to get rid of the Bible. You know over in Europe they were burning Bibles. Piles of Bibles trying to get rid of the Bible. And man has always tried to do it. They kicked it out of our schools. They kicked it out of our, a lot of our homes today. But bless the Lord we still have Bibles. In fact you can even find. If you look hard enough. You can even find a King James Bible in Ollie's. Isn't that something? Good stuff. Cheap. <laughs> Amen. You got to be careful, though. They got all kinds of perversions there. And once in a while, you look there, it's a King James Bible. I go by, I see it, I was like, well, praise the Lord. You can go to the dollar store. It used to be the dollar store, now the dollar and a quarter store. You can go there and you could get a King James Bible for a dollar. And yet they've been trying to burn these, trying to outlaw them. You know what? God's word cannot be destroyed. And here's the thing. Even if they steal our Bibles, we've got it hidden in our hearts. Thank the Lord. If the Bible errs, then our authority must be shifted to those who reinterpret. But the authority is found in the written word of God tonight. The fact of the matter is that the, that the new versions are not straightening people out. It's making man more crooked. It causes man to doubt. You know, I, I, I have a real problem with people who say this. Well, you know, it should have been... No, God has it what it's supposed to be. I just believe that with all my heart. The Bible is the final authority for faith and practice. The Bible is not a man book, it's a God book. And the Bible is our foundation. In the landmark called the Bible we're talking about, we find several things. One is this, that we find our sovereign God. When I talk about sovereign, I mean this, supreme in power. And I know the devil's pretty powerful, but he is nothing compared to God. 
You know, our government thinks they're pretty powerful. And I'll tell you right now, our president better sit down and our Congress better sit down and, and listen up that our God is still more powerful than all them. They may wing it, and they may go and tell other people and other nations everything they want to, but I'm telling you right now, our God is the sovereign God, and we find that. You say, Preacher, how do you know I find it in the Word of God? He is, He was, He will forever be the creator and the owner of the universe. We find in the Word of God our sovereign God. We find also our sinfulness. You know, you talk to people, well, you know you go to heaven? Yeah, I just think I've been, I, I just do really good. You know, the Bible says, for all have sinned, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us. You know, I get someone and I say, man, you know, I, I've not really been that bad. And I, I, you've heard me say, I think I've had three people all my life tell me they never sinned. And I always tell them this, you just did. They look at me like, what? I said, you lied to me. Now, when you say that, you ought to be at least an arm's length away. If you want to get punched in the nose. But for all have sinned. And, it, and it's so true. I, I, I was telling a lady the, uh, yesterday, so funny. I said, I said, you know, isn't it amazing? We don't have to teach our kids to sin. We don't have to teach them to do wrong. They learn it from their father. No, I, they, what happens? We don't, we don't have to teach them. It's a sinful nature. And I have to say to my, my son, son, this is how you pull girls' hair. I didn't have to tell my girls, this is how you sin. This is how you mean to your, your brother. I didn't have to do that. They, they picked it up on their own, didn't they, son? And, and what happens? Children know what we've got to do is teach them what's right. You say, well, how can we know what's right? We find the word of God. But here's the thing. You say, preacher, why is it important for us to know our sinfulness? Because a person will not be saved until they realize they're a sinner. Because realizing they're a sinner makes them understand they are lost. We must we must be saved from our sins. The Bible says, Romans 5.12, I'm sorry, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. From Adam to you and me, the Bible's clear about this matter of sinfulness. But in that landmark, the word of God, we find also our Savior. Oh, how good it is to know the Lord as my Savior. You know, people say, well, I know Jesus. My question is, is he your Savior? Is he your Savior? You say, well, I know of him. You know, I, I know too. I know a lot of people, but that don't mean that they're, they're, they're my dad or my mom. I need to know Jesus as my Savior. I'm glad the Word of God tells me how I can be saved. I talked to the lady yesterday, and she said about, well, you know, once and done. I said, yes, once and done. When you accept Jesus Christ, you're his eternally. So what makes you think that? I just don't think it. I know it because the Bible says so. I know it. I know it. I thank the Lord for it. The Bible says about our Savior, Psalm 40, verse number 7, Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Do you know what we have, this King James Bible? It's the Jesus book. It tells us about the Lord. You say, but in the Old Testament, he didn't come to the New Testament. Oh, wait a minute. He was in creation, wasn't he? And all throughout the word of God, we find the reference to our Savior. Thank the Lord tonight. Because of this Bible that we have today, we find our Savior. We find also our salvation. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. I'm glad my faith came by hearing and because and, and here's what I'm glad for that I heard the word of God 
You know, I feel, I feel sorry for those folks who listen and say, well, you just got to be good to go to heaven. They've been hearing the wrong thing. Faith cometh by hearing, but you got to put it here. The hearing of the word of God. That's why it's important for us to have this old King James Bible. It's got the truth, and that's what we need to hear. We find also in this landmark, the Bible, our security. Our security. You know, I'm so glad that I'm secure in him. John 10, 27 and 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. But listen to this. And I give unto them eternal life. Not temporary, eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I am so glad nobody can take me out of the hand of the Lord. You've heard me say his hand spans the universe, the book of Isaiah tells us. And I'll tell you what, with a hand that large, nobody's getting me out of it. And I'll be honest with you, I don't want out of it. You know, I believe people say, well, you know, I once was saved, but I don't want to be saved anymore. I don't think you ever got saved. I don't, I don't believe that happens because I know that God gives us eternal life. And when the Lord comes to live within, I believe you can be bad backslidden, but I'll tell you what, you're going to be miserable in your life if you're backslidden. You know why? Because you need to get right with God. But thank the Lord tonight that we have security in him. Salvation is eternal, eternal life, not temporary life. I'm glad I'm not going to wake up in the morning wondering if I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I know by tomorrow I'm going to also, when I wake up, I'm going to know I'm saved. And a week from now, I'll know I'm saved. And when I get old, and let me tell you this, if I get Alzheimer's and I can't remember anything, I pray that I'll still remember this, I am saved. And if I can't, will you tell me? You know, that just makes me right now think, That'd be probably the saddest thing in the world to not even know you're saved because of that disease. But you know what? Even if I don't know it, I still am because I accepted Christ as my Savior. Oh, thank the Lord for the security that we have. In the Word of God, the landmark, the Bible, we find our satisfaction. Job 23, 12 says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of, thy, of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than necessary food. Food's pretty important, isn't it? It's necessary for us. Well, thank the Lord that the word of God is something necessary for us too. And here's the thing. It doesn't ever spoil. You ever had food spoiled before? You, know, you get some bread. You say, I think I'm going to have a piece of toast. You bring it out and you think, boy, my wife bought Christmas bread. You say, Christmas bread? Yes, it's green. Christmas bread. Let me tell you something. It's no such thing as Christmas bread. It's got, it's got, what's that on there? What is that called? Mold on it. Been, it's too old. Don't eat it. You say, well, you know, if you're like my mother-in-law, right? But uh, uh, my mother-in-law, she says, oh, that's not going to hurt you. And she lived to be 90-some years old, and so evidently it don't hurt you. But uh, she grew up in a day where, you know, it just kind of just wipe it off. It'd be all right. Maybe you're like that too. Bless your heart. Glad you're saved. The word of God doesn't spoil. Amen. It's as fresh as ever. And it's sweet. It's sweet. You know, I like sweets, don't you? And I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been cutting out a bunch of stuff. I'm about ready to go back in my own sinful life. Uh, but, you know, one thing I really desire, 
wait a minute. I said about I said about an apple. I got an apple. All right, you ready? You listening now? I am so hungry for a glazed donut. Come on, somebody get up and go. Go get one. You know, I'll wait around after the service for it. No, don't bring me one. But I am planning. My wife and I were going to go away for a day and a day and a half, two days this week. Here be our little vacation. I already plan. I'm going to do something. We're, we're going to live wild. We're going, we're going to Lancaster, and I'm going to go to one of them Amish places and get me a donut. Yeah. <laughs> Psalm 119. Go with me there for a moment, will you? I've got to try to get my mind off them donuts. Don't bring me any. I, 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 I might not eat them. Psalm 119, look at verse 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. You know, you know, the Bible says here about his word there that it's sweet to us. Isn't it sweet? It's so sweet. Go, go with me to Psalm 19. Psalm about 100 of them back. Let's turn back there. Psalm number 19. And look at verse number 10. The Bible says, More to be desired are they than gold. It's talking about the, the, the judgments of the Lord or the word of God. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. You know, the word of God will satisfy us. You know what you need tonight? You need the Bible. You need the word of God. You don't need something that, that is perverted. Like the other versions, you need the word of God, the truth, and how sweet the taste of the word of God. We find also our stability in the landmark, the Bible. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, as we read there, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You know what that does? That helps us to have a stability. You know, our world is up and down, isn't it? Stock market, up and down. You know, our, 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 our politics swing back and forth. You got Republicans, you got Democrats, and you got, I mean, just saying, and they're always saying, you know, you go, you have Democrats get in, and then next thing you know, you got some Republicans, and then you get Democrats, you get, we're never satisfied. You got all crazy stuff, but I'll tell you something right now. There's a stability in the Word of God. I'm 68 years old, and the things I learned when I was a little kid is still true tonight. I mean, those things that I learned in Sunday school as a little boy, the things I learned when I was in the little junior church, and when I colored on paper most of the time, and when I'd color, I, you know, I was learning things. And you know, the truths that I was taught, when, when my teacher said, Jesus loves you, Jesus, we would sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Oh, you know what? Think about it tonight. Jesus still loves me. And I'm glad that I can tell you Jesus still loves you too. You know, there's a stability in the word of God. It is forever settled. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? A wonderful thing. In the Bible, we have all that we need to live for Christ in our life. It's amazing how much people are searching other books for answers and they never go to the answer book, the Bible. And then the last thing. This is the eighth thing I'm giving you here tonight. We find our surety. 
our surety. Go with me to Revelation chapter number 22. Last book of the Bible now. We've been from Genesis to Revelation. How about that? Revelation 22 and verse number 20. Look what he says. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely. Surely what? I come quickly. Amen. And then the, the apostle wrote, Even so come the Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. You know, there's a surety of his coming, isn't there? You say, well, you know, they've been saying a long time Jesus is coming. I know. They said for a long time in the Old Testament Jesus would come and be born. He would be born of a virgin. Talked about it in the Word of God in the Old Testament. And he came. He told us that he was going to be here for a while, but he was going to go to heaven. And he did. He died on that cross. He ascended back to heaven. But he also said this, I will come again. And let me tell you something. All those things I just told you are found in the word of God. And he is coming again. I don't know when. It could be any moment. I'll tell you what, it wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit if it was tonight. To rise to be with him. And you, you know what? If you're not really excited about that, you're probably you're too tied down to this old world. You ever read what the Bible says about heaven? There's no sorrow there. You understand how much sorrow all of us have had from time to time? And the troubles that we've had? And one of these days we're going to a place, listen, we won't go to any more funerals. We won't say goodbye to loved ones. We won't have our hearts broken anymore. Oh, we have a surety that our Lord is coming again. And when he does, are you ready for this? I'm glad you're sitting down. Everything will be all right. You know, I think about those who are not saved. When the Lord comes again, they'll be left here. Can you imagine the turmoil? Can you imagine the people afraid, scared? Where's my loved ones, that, that, those Christians? Where are all these people? They'll have all kinds of reasons for it. But you know, there's going to be a lot of broken hearts. Can you imagine worldwide. But to think this, for we that are saved, everything will be all right. Why, when the rapture takes place, the first one we're going to see is Jesus. You know, people say sometimes, you know, oh, St. Peter's going to meet me at the gates of heaven. I'm glad for St. Peter. I want to see Peter one of these days. I want, to, I want to talk to him about some stuff. But here's the thing. If, I, if it was Peter in front of Jesus, I'd say, Peter, step aside. Peter, your hands are not scarred. Your brow is not scarred. The one I want to see is the one who took the piercing of his hands in his side and wore the crown of thorns. I want to see my Savior. Thank the Lord for the surety. And everything will be all right. You see, folks, I preach this because I believe the landmarks of Scripture are very important to us. May we never lose sight of that. You say, preacher, we know that. I think it's good for us to be reminded of it from time to time. And it is a big deal. So, well, you don't need to mention it anymore. Well, I'll tell you, you know, there's some boys in the front row. And there's some girls back in here. 
all over there that, that, that need to hear this over and over again when they grow up. I, I'm praying this. When they grow up, they're going to say, I remember our preacher. He used to get up there. And he used to preach about the Lord coming again. He used to preach about the Bible. And I'm praying that when they're sitting in church with their own family and their kids, that in their laps will be a King James Bible too. And they'll be raising their boys and girls like you moms and dads are raising your boys and girls for the Lord Jesus. And you're teaching them the Word of God. Thank the Lord for the landmark of Scripture. Listen to it. Obey it. Read it. Study it. And you'll be glad you did. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this time tonight. Thank you for the, the attention of the people this evening. Thank you for the good crowd tonight. What a blessing it is to see people believe in coming back on Sunday night. What a blessing we get because we open up the blessed book, this old King James Bible. Now I pray that you would help us to take heed of what and, and, and think about what we have in the Word of God tonight. And Lord, as I gave eight different things there this evening, and Lord, there's so much more. But eight things we've talked about that we have because of this Bible May we never, ever move the landmark of the Word of God. It's the truth. And Lord, you told, you told us that the truth will set us free. And sure enough, it does. Thank you for your Word tonight. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, maybe you're here this evening, you're not saved. You need to trust the Lord as your Savior. I wonder if there'd be anyone say, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Anyone this, this evening, Lord? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know it. All right, Christian, tonight, I believe we, we're sitting amongst uh, 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 friendly folks and, and folks who believe what we just preached about. I don't think we anybody disagrees on this. I have to say this. I gave you scripture for all of it. You can't disagree with the word of God. You might disagree with me, but you can't disagree with the word of God. And tonight... Let's understand what we have in this blessed Bible. Those folks may be trying to get you not to listen to this old King James Bible, trying to get you somewhere where they've, they've moved the landmark. Get upset when people move the landmark. I mean, let's face it. If you had a piece of property and you found your neighbor was moving the landmark, he's picking up the stake and bringing it over on, and giving himself more ground, I think we all would say, hey, 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 wait a minute. That's not right. That's not the landmark. And we'd have a case. Don't move the landmark of the Word of God. It'll do all your life. It'll do for us. Father, I pray you bless now in this invitation time. I pray, Lord, I, I'm not sure how you may speak to us about things tonight. Maybe we just need to come and thank you for the Word of God. Maybe we just need to say, Father, help me. I need to study it more. I need to read it. I need to pray. God, help us understand tonight what we have in this blessed old book. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.